0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now coming up this week, I've been making some of my own feeds for my allotment and my home plot. And the reason for this is it's free to make our own feeds and with the rising cost of feeds at the moment, it seems like a good thing to do. Before that, we head down to the allotment to find out what's going on down there and Towards the end, we've got a board bean recipe for you, so stay tuned for that. First of all, let's crack on with the allotment. Well, I'm down on the allotment for the allotment update, and uh, let's catch up with what's been happening down here. Now, today is Friday, the 19th of May, and I'm on the allotment after work tonight. Now, usually I would be here on the weekend, but tomorrow is my wife's birthday and we'll be out all day, which doesn't leave me very much time on the weekend to get down here. I'll probably be concentrating on the garden on Sunday, although I might pop down here for an hour Sunday morning. Now, earlier this week, on Tuesday and Wednesday after work, I did manage to come down here as well. And I just squeezed in some weeding on the allotment, which has been really productive, I've got to say. Nine out of the 15 beds I have here are pretty much weed-free. And in fact, when I came down here today, it took me a matter of a few minutes just to go through those nine beds and get them weeded out. And it will continue on. I always start in the same bed and work my way through. And by doing that on a daily basis, it will just take a few minutes each day to do all 15 beds once they are thoroughly gone through. I just have to repeat what I've already done. Each day. Now, Thursday, unfortunately, I left the allotment keys at home, so I was unable to come down here. Now, that meant that tonight, when I came down here, I had to spend a little bit more time because on the Thursday, I usually will do the cutting of the grass and mowing. So I had to do that first of all today, which you know, that's always something that I like to do. I always feel the year allotment looks a lot better once the grass has mowed. And then, of course, I use those grass clippings to mulch, and I mulched my garlic this week. The mulch goes a long way to reducing the weeds, again, reducing that time that I spend weeding and helps conserve the water. Now after that I continued on with my normal Friday routine which is just weeding as normal and feed it Friday which is the day that I add feed to a lot of the beds. Now this is quite an important thing, simple and effective way to nourish the soil and give the plants all the nutrients that they need to thrive. And I use something like a grow more or tomato feed or bone meal depending on what I'm doing and depending on the time of day. Today it was very much using growmore, an organic growmore, and the garlic fertiliser I just liberally apply to those beds. And other than that, the potato fertiliser that I used on the potato beds as well. I cannot wait to start harvesting these potatoes. These beds are the ones that just need the final weeding to be completed, but they are looking so good to say the least. Now, again, as we go on, we will be mulching these potatoes with grass clippings too. Just got to get myself to that point. Now, I finished off tonight with harvesting. Now, this is the second time I've actually harvested uh, this week. And I've had two harvests of rhubarb and two harvests of asparagus this week, which is great. I'm really, really happy with all that. But added to that, uh, tonight... I've harvested my first broad beans. These are quite young, so they should be full of flavour. And I cannot wait to start cooking these when I get home. Love broad beans. For me, that asparagus, strawberries, they are always a sign that the growing season, the feeding season is well upon us. And I cannot wait. You know, this is such an exciting time of year that we now are able to eat the food that we are growing. Now with that and I have spoke about Feed It Friday something that I am doing is making my own comfrey feed and this has given me the idea to talk about some of the feeds that we can make for free. Well I'm still on the allotment for Feed It Friday. I've just gone around and fed all my plants as you know but I'm also looking at making some of our own plant feeds for free. Now this is something that I do in most years and I'm currently just making some comfrey feed as we talk. So why do we really want to grow our own plant feed for free you may ask. I mean for free for me is a good enough reason. We all don't want to try and get things for free especially with a cost of living prices. But the thing is a lot of our food costs have gone up because farmers are having to pay out more and more money for plant feeds. So if we can do our bit, if we can make our own plant feed for free, we're going to be saving even more money. And I have seen there is an increase in price in plant feeds in our local garden centres and shops. So making our own plant feed for free is a good thing. Added to that, it's much more sustainable and more environmentally friendly. Many of these plants that I'm going to talk about for making plant feed, or the items that we're going to use for making plant feed, are here on my allotment or at home. Some of it is actually a waste material as well. So it doesn't come wrapped in plastic. It's not transported using fossil fuels for transportation. It's just here. How do we go about making plant feeds for free? There's a variety of methods, but many of them follow the same suit. The first one is what I call my worm tea or my wormery liquid. And what it is, is I have a wormery at home that we put a lot of our kitchen waste in. We've got several of these systems for our kitchen waste. They have a nice top on, either underground or above ground, but they produce a liquid that we tap off every now and then. And this liquid is a really good plant feed. It does such a good job. We use it regularly. I actually produce so much of this plant feed that I don't really know what to do with it. Now, if you haven't got a wormery, Not a problem. What you can do is get an old container, an old bucket, put like a sieve in the bottom to keep liquid separate from the solids, add a tap on the bottom as well so you can siphon off the liquids and then just start piling in your kitchen waste along with a few composting worms. Now, of course, the advantage of this is that you're getting rid of your waste material from the kitchen, you're getting compost as well, and you're getting a plant feed. So... Win, win, win. And apart from the container itself, it's not cost you anything. Wormeries are a great thing. In fact, it was the first thing that I bought when I moved into my house because I wanted to go down this route. And then I've added things like the the sub pod and other options because wormeries are such a great thing to have in the garden. And they don't give off any smell if they are managed correctly. So what else can we use? I've mentioned compost and we can actually make a compost tea. Now this could just use our compost that we've made from our uh, compost bins or from our wormery as I've just mentioned. Or we could use something like well-rotted horse manure. You could even use fresh horse manure for that. A wide range of animal manures are good for this. Now what we do with both of these is we stuff them into a pillowcase Pop them into a container of water. Something like a water butt is a good size. Make sure there's water in it and we leave it for a week or two stirring occasionally. After that time we then take out the pillowcase. We can use that compost still on our our beds. Good thing about this compost is because it's been in water the weed seeds if there are any in there will have rotted away. So you've got an added benefit from that but it has lost some of the nutrients. But it's very good as like a mulch. Anyway, we then have this huge barrel of liquid, which is a compost tea, a manure tea, whatever you might be using. And you want to get some of that liquid added to your water on a ratio of about one litre of the feed to 10 litres of water when you go around feeding your plants. The next two items that we have that we can use are what I have growing on my allotment. we got nettles and comfrey and they're much used in the same way. So when we want to harvest these the nettles we cut down wearing gloves of course and pull into a bucket of water and the same with the comfrey. I let my comfrey grow to about three foot tall and then we cut it down. Pull it into water again for about two weeks, agitate it, stir it in every now and then during that time and then once again we siphon off the liquid, add it to our watering regime in a ratio of about 1 to 10, that's 1 litre of feed to 10 litres of water and there you go, got it, nice and easy. Nettles is very easy to do. that. I've had, shared a story quite often. When I was a child, I learned that we could use nettles in school one day. And I rushed home that night, picked a load of nettles that I stuffed into a pop bottle, filled it up with water, and I put it on my windowsill for weeks. And I watched as the nettles just rotted into the water. We got this brilliant green liquid, which I then ended up using to feed some of my cacti. And I grew some amazing cacti back then. It was a great great... great thing to do but it can be quite smelly that's the trouble with both of these feeds because you're basically rotting organic matter in water both the comfrey feed and and the nettles can become quite smelly so with the nettles there's not so much other things that we can do it but with the comfrey what I like to do is when I cut them down I also run over the leaves that I've cut off with a lawnmower and then I take those cloppins and I pop them around like my potato plants, or my tomato plants, as long as they are established well. And it acts as like a mulch, but as it rots down, it also goes on to feed my plants as well. So it, for me, it's a win-win situation. We're getting the plant feed and we are getting a mulch. And because I do have quite a few comfrey plants on my allotment and some quite large ones like that, I'm never in short supply of comfrey. In fact, as I said, we're making cuttings at the moment and I think every week we're going to have to be doing this with our comfrey to make sure we have plenty. But one final thing we can do with comfrey leaves. I've never done this myself, but I've seen a lot of people do this and it helps get rid of the smell, if you like. Alongside a shed, they erect like a vertical piece of pipe, like a drain pipe. And on the bottom, it's got like a sieved cap. I'm not sure what it's called but I get the idea. It's like a filter. And then on the top they've pot in a load of comfrey leaves which of course fall down to the bottom. I believe some people will actually fill a bottle with water to slide down to weigh it down with a, a string attached so they can get the bottle out again. And then underneath this there is a bucket to catch all the liquid. Now this gives us a really nice black strong plant feed which does need diluting down quite regularly but it does give off a strong feed but the good thing is it's like having a chimney so the smell is up higher and taken away so good thing to do if you can do it. Now I've mentioned comfrey quite a bit in this because comfrey is such a fantastic plant. I think on every allotment you will find comfrey and before I had an allotment or got into allotmentarian I'd never really heard about comfrey. It is a really good one to grow. The downside with Comfrey is unless you get something like Bokin 14, it does have a tendency to spread. So we do have to keep an eye on it and we do have to cut it down and contain it quite regularly to try and make sure it doesn't spread. But the bees love it as well. When it flowers, they pull out these beautiful purple flowers, which I'm looking at mine at the moment. There's loads of bees on it, so it's a good thing for that as well. That's why I have several plants, so that when I do cut it down, I'm not cutting all the bee plant food down for them. They've still got other areas that they can go. Now, there are other things I'm sure that we could use to make plant feed. I've heard of people using banana skins and other things like that. Not something I've done myself. I've experimented with banana skins, but I can never get it right or get enough banana skins. But if anybody else has any plant feeds that they make for free themselves, then please do get in touch. I'd love to hear some ideas on that. Right, let's find out what's been going on on the home plot. Well, today is Sunday the 21st of May 2023 and I have had a day in the garden at home. Now as I said on Friday, unable to get to the allotment or do any gardening yesterday being that it was the wife's birthday. Very important to me. I've got to make time for my wife. As much as I love gardening and spending time in the garden, I do feel it's important for me to make time and look after my wife. So we didn't do any gardening yesterday but today... Well, I did say on Friday I was hoping to get down to the and just to finish off for a couple of bits. But when I woke up this morning, I came outside and I was just pottering in the garden. And I noticed that it was a little bit too quiet. Noticed my hot tub wasn't working. So I checked a little bit further and realised that the power to the garden had gone off. And I investigated further, found a few blown fuses and found a few faults. Now, I'm good with electrics. I do it for a living pretty much with refrigeration so I'm used to fault finding and trying to discover what's wrong. Now the outdoor electrics, I haven't done it all but I've added bits to it and my side of things is always fine. But a bloke who lived in this house before, he had done some interesting things that say that and I hadn't quite worked it all out. But I thought was on the side that he had done and I discovered that there was basically three inline fuses for no absolute reason. So I, I figured that all out and got it sorted and um, and now have power. But that did take about an hour and a half to get sorted out in the end. So I didn't get time to go down to the allotment but I did restore power to the garden. That's quite important obviously. We have lights in the garden, we have charging stations and things like that, so power in the garden was quite important. So after the electrics were sorted, now during the week I have been tending to the garden a little, weeding and watering, that sort of thing. So today was a good chance to crack on and do quite a bit of work. So the first thing I did was the tomato bed. I've decided that the bed that has no sides. This is a bed that I've just thrown down cardboard and covered in compost on top of a lawn. That is the tomato bed. Last week I planted three tomato plants out there. Well I've now planted 12 tomatoes in that bed. All different varieties, so it should do quite well. We've given them a good watering in to establishing, and hopefully that is going to go and work. After that, I went over to the pea and bean bed, and I sowed quite a few peas. Now, I'm having a lot of trouble with germination on our peas this year. We've had a few, and they're flowering, but the germination rate has been pretty sporadic, and I don't know why. It's different varieties of peas, different Bags of peas, so I don't quite know what is going wrong. I'm hoping this second sowing is going to do better, but I want to do more peas down on the allotment as well. But if these peas will germinate, this second sowing of peas, that's half of that bed now taken up. That leaves me the second half for my beans. Now we've got runner beans and we've got French beans in the seedling stage. They're looking ready to come out pretty soon. And I've had to move those from the greenhouse to the cold frame to start hardening them off. So we're moving forward with that. I reckon next week we'll probably get the beans in, which will complete that bed. And then the remaining beans will go down to the alignment to be planted down there. But we've also made another sowing of French beans today. Now this is a dwarf variety of French beans. Dwarf varieties generally don't need anything to climb up. They stand on their own pretty good. But the important thing to remember with dwarf French beans is to pick them as soon as they are ready and keep picking them. Reason being is they go a little bit too far and the, the plant thinks that it doesn't need to produce anymore, it stops producing. So in order to keep producing French beans, pick, pick and pick the advice that I give. Now I followed that up with moving more plants out of the greenhouse to the cold frame and getting everything ready and doing a lot more potting up chilies and peppers are getting into larger pots and they're getting ready to be going into their final positions which then brought me up to the balcony garden now I finally have got the balcony garden set up this year I've been doing a little bits throughout and what you may recall I said I put a, a piece of fabric with pouches on it to grow in against the rear wall that is going to be growing some of our chilies and our peppers and a few other herbs and plants in there. But around the edges, we've got hanging baskets. And I've set those up using the haughty wool, wool blankets. These just make a, a liner for the hanging baskets. They seem to be pretty good, it's got to be said. So I've just lined those up, filled with compost and planted some tomatoes, a variety of red cherry. Cherry top tomatoes, which should do pretty good in that. I'm a big fan of hanging baskets in the last couple of years, especially with things like tomatoes, chilies, and peppers. They seem all seem to do quite well in it and I'm growing quite a few hanging baskets here down on the allotment and other places just in order to make the most of the space that we have. And I think going on into the future I'm going to be buying a lot more hanging baskets and getting more hanging baskets just because I like growing in them so much. Now I've spoken before about the balcony garden area and how it's a small space so we're trying to make the most of it. And it means that a lot of things are growing in pots. We've got our apple bonsai tree. We've got a few herbs in pots and strawberries in pots and spinach in pots. But I've added to that a trough of our silver skin pickling onion seedlings as well. Just in Hoya compost we've added perlite and feed pricked out these onion seedlings into there and giving them good water and then growing them on hopefully they're going to produce well troughs for me in this garden seem to work really well we've got more things to go in but space is pretty limited in this as you can imagine so we've got to grow things that are worth growing for us But overall, yes, it's been a very, very productive day. I would like to do more, of course. But as I said, because we're doing so much during the week with the weeding and watering, it really is freeing up time at the weekend to get in to the more interesting stuff. Now, let's go find out what I did with the broad beans I've harvested. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. But we always finish off River recipe. And as we harvested our first broad beans this week, it seems only right that I share with you what we did with those broad beans. So, what we've got is a broad bean and mint salad. Really easy to make, just uses a few ingredients, many of which came from our garden. What we did is we harvested the broad beans and we brought them home and we just cooked them in boiling hot water for just a few minutes until tender. Because these broad beans are quite young, it didn't take long at all. Once they were cooked, we drained them off and then run them under cold water to cool them down. We took those green beans and popped them into a mixing bowl with a bit of chopped Fresh mint, which came from our garden, squeeze of lemon juice and a drizzle of extra virgin olive oil, and a pinch of salt and pepper to taste. We gave them a bit of a toss just to gently coat the beans and all the dressing. And there we go, our broad bean and mint salad was ready to go. can be used as a side dish or as a light lunch. And it's a good tasting one, this one. The creamy texture of the broad beans pairs beautifully with the aromatic freshness of the mint. Really a delightful combination of flavours. The recipe can be found on the show notes for this episode, of course. Now... Before I go, if you have enjoyed this podcast and please do leave us a review on your podcast provider really does help in getting our podcast found and getting more listeners added to that. If you know anybody that might be interested in growing their own food, tell them to listen. That would be great. I really, really would appreciate it. Uh, If you have really enjoyed this podcast as well and you want to help the support, the work that we do, please consider becoming a supporting member. To be a supporting member, you head to the theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk and you sign up there. I charge £5 a month and for that, you get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts as well as a collection of seeds sent to your door each month and those seeds can be sown that very month. I think it's great value for the money, I've got to say, plus it helps keep this podcast running and moving forward. Now, if you want to get in touch, then please do drop me an email, richard at the uk. If you head to the theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk, you can also leave me a voicemail as well, which um, I love the voicemails, really do love the voicemails. So please do do some of those. That would be great. And finally, don't forget to check me out on social media where you can find out more of what's going on as well. Right, well, that is it for this week. That is this podcast coming to an end. We will be back again next time. So until then, please take care.